Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. Uh, I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody. Thank you guys for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So last week we talked a lot about the N64, our memories of it, the games we played, the the silly controllers that we saw and used and just kind of had a laugh at, and the, you know, the battle scars that we got from the N64 joysticks that were not very good. (laughs) Oh boy, bad memories there. But this week, we are going to be discussing the GameCube, a console that actually was pretty funny because it got brought up to me yesterday during one of my esports classes. And one of the kids was talking a lot of crap about it, and I had to put an eight-year-old in his place, <laughs> which felt really weird. <laughs> but he was like, you know, the GameCube is the worst console ever. And I told him, what? get out of my class. <laughs> and then they Worse started than talking. the Wii? <laughs> yeah, he was going off on it. And I was like, you know, I was like, have you ever played it? No. Okay. You have no right to say anything. And then he just continued to play as Kirby as his main. And I told him that Kirby is horrible and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. It was, it, was, it was hilarious. But the GameCube, it holds a very special place in our hearts, I would say. Like, I, I mean, anything Nintendo, there's always going to be some hidden gems on there. But the GameCube just had so much to it. Of course, there was a lot of weird choices that Nintendo made with this console, right? I mean, the micro discs were one thing, which was a little awkward and strange. And it was the first time ever that I bought a full price $50 game and went, really? I'm paying for this tiny disc? For some reason, that felt weird to me, right? Like when you buy a PS2, you get a full size DVD disc and you're like, okay, cool, rad. Everything seems great. Then you open up the Nintendo and it's this little tiny piece of shit thing. And you're like, oh, thanks, Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it it was the first time as a child when I realized, oh, it doesn't really matter how big the disc is, right? Like, it's just going to put whatever the hell they want on it and charge you whatever they want. So I just kind of had to blindly accept that one. That was fun. Saving up on my birthday money to buy something and then that happens. But anyway, the I particularly love the GameCube because one of my favorite game titles from Nintendo and one that I still play to tit today and i lead an esports group in it i mean smash brothers come on right like Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about gamecube i'm just going to knock this out now i'm going to bring it up now because i have a feeling if we bring it up later it's just going to be a rant and ramble and take over the whole damn (laughs) podcast so (laughs) might as well just get it out of the way now but melee was amazing like that game really set it off i mean the first original smash brothers was great but Melee just did it right. It felt so good. And it made, like, if you look at any gamer or any professional Smash player, or most at least, that are playing in their 30s now, like, they want to play on a Wavebird. And for those of you who don't know, the Wavebird is the name of the controller for the GameCube. Yeah. So, yeah. But it just feels right. It feels like it, that's how that game was meant to be played because we played countless hours on that game. I, on Smash Brothers, just it just feels good. It's responsive, and it was just a wonderful title to play through. And playing with our friends was just so much fun. I used to have tournaments in my garage. It was really cool. And so, the funny thing about my copy of Melee, right? So Melee was, uh, I bought it with some birthday money, right? So I went over, scrounging together everything, picked up Melee. I get home and. I was about to put it in my game di- or in the the GameCube, right? So I took it out of the case, the disc itself, and then I forgot what I had to do, but I like I stepped away for a minute, so I just had the disc sitting on top of the case itself, not inside the case, right? <laughs> and then I just hear this like scratching noise, like from my room. I'm like, what the hell is that? And at this time, I had concrete floors because I had ripped out my carpet in the in my bedroom, and uh, I go in there and I see my cat playing with my Smash Brothers disc and sliding it around the floor like it's a hockey puck. And by the time I get it, it is so scratched up that you can't see. Like, it's just so bad. Like, the scratches were so thick. It was was horrible. It looked like my cat was biting it, right? So, of course, I try putting it into the disc and it doesn't read. I get an error. So I'm freaking out as a kid because I don't want to tell my mom that I just broke this game and I need to go return it. And like... 
as a child, I just didn't know. Right? Like, I didn't think about it. Right? I didn't think about, oh, I can just go get, exchange it for a different one. I, I thought, like, that's it. Like, I lost this game forever, and I never even got to play it. And so that's whenever I started, like, this is early days internet. So I was Googling, how do you fix scratch disks and all this stuff? So I've read online that you can actually take alcohol to a CD disk and wipe it down and then dry it off and then wipe it again and dry it, right? Like a few times. And some for some reason, that seems to work on really scratched up disks. So I did that. Toothpaste, too. I never, I didn't know the toothpaste trick. So I sat there with alcohol in the bedroom and I'm just like pouring alcohol all over the CD disc, wiping it down with tissue paper. And it's like, you know, disintegrating on it because I'm pouring way too much alcohol on this thing. But I got Melee to work and it worked flawlessly every single damn time. So <laughs> I was so happy. So my copy of Melee was a hot mess scratched to hell. But man, I loved playing that game. Oh my gosh. And I fell in love. So I mentioned the Waybird controllers briefly, but the there's one controller specifically that I just loved. And I found it one day at Blockbuster. It was a two-pack set, a Spider-Man set. So I had a Spider-Man controller and a Venom controller in it. And the Venom one, oh man, it just looks so damn cool. So I would I think I owned like eight packs of those controllers because I kept breaking my controllers. Like the <laughs> thumbsticks would snap off, things like that. I played real hard back then. Like oh, I even sounds broke my, like it. I even broke this stick off the C stick. Like at one How? point. How? Yeah. How do you do that? It's a little yeah. nub. Yeah, that nub broke off. <laughs> it oh was my pretty God. bad. Yeah. Violent. So, yeah, we were we were some violent players back in the day. It was pretty bad. So I went through so many of those that I bought I think at least eight packs of those from Blockbuster. And then I I never used the Spider-Man ones. So the, I had a basket of my controllers. The Spider-Man ones ended up in the basket for anybody else that came over. I didn't want to touch them. They were not the controller for me. It was all about that Venom controller because it just looks so damn good. I, I freaking love that controller so much. Ah, man. But anyway, I'm <laughs> rambling about my one of my favorite uh, GameCube memories there. What? How much did you even play the GameCube? I, I kind of like took over this whole start of this episode. Um, I, it's funny. I, before we come up this episode, I was thinking like, oh man, I remember really liking the GameCube more than the N64. Like I felt like I played a lot more games on it. And then when I kind of went through the game list and I was kind of trying to find all the games like that I played over the years on it, I'm like, I feel like I really didn't play as much as I thought I did, or at least a lot of the bigger titles, but mm. uh, I loved it. Uh, it was around the time that I was getting old enough to really pay attention to game releases to an extent. It wasn't like I was following developers. Cause, I mean, it was early 2000s. Like they didn't, it wasn't easy to follow that kind of stuff unless it was E3 time. But mm -hmm. I was getting into games more, uh, compared to, you know, back with the PlayStation 1 and 64 era, like this era, this generation to me is, I think, when I really found my groove in a bunch of different genres. Uh, before that, it was just really RPGs and platformers. But this one, you know, it's like you had the Dreamcast, you had the GameCube, PS2, Xbox. And for me, before the GameCube, I had a Dreamcast. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, it looks beautiful. And then the GameCube, to me, even though a lot of people, and I get it, say the Xbox is kind of like the evolution of the Dreamcast, I almost felt like the GameCube was the other part of it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times the way a lot of games on the GameCube were so bright and quick, it, it reminded me of that. Uh, so I was super excited. And I mean, for the most part, I was always as a kid, I was really into Nintendo because I mean, it's what I grew up with. So of course, I wanted the new best thing. I thought the little mini discs were kind of lame, but I dug it. Uh, I don't I feel like did I get it when the GameCube came out? I feel like I think I waited a little bit, but my earliest memory was going to Walmart 
looking at the game kiosk and I remember seeing Luigi's Mansion and I was like, oh my God, this game is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like the graphics blew me away. And I mean, yeah, we had, you know, the PS2 right around this time. And I think, right? The PS2 came out in 2000, right? Yeah, oh, let's I forget about the release date. The same time. Yeah, it came out yeah. the year before. Yeah. And I mean, granted, it was early age, but the graphics were pretty good. But for some reason, Luigi's Mansion looked just so good. And it hyped me up. And I was like, I need a GameCube. And I remember bugging my parents, like, I want a GameCube. And I want it now. You know, but... <laughs> right. uh, so not too long after we ended up getting it. And I mean, just looking at the first year of the GameCube, right? The the launch titles, it actually launched with looks like almost 10 games. But when mm -hmm. you look at the first year, it went hard. You had Luigi's Mansion as a launch. You had Rogue Squadron 2 as a launch, which that game was the titties. I love the Rogue Squadron games. And I remember Rogue Leader just like, Oh my god, that to this day that game still looks so good. Like to me the GameCube for especially first party titles or like exclusive titles they they looked so timeless because the way the graphics look it in a lot of ways it reminds me of that like not Pixar animation, but it's kind of the animation of what I expect out of Nintendo games nowadays. Mm -hmm. They all have this certain look to it that, you know, you don't need a 4K game on a Nintendo console because they know how to make their games look good with what their hardware can do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the GameCube was just like, it just kept blowing me away every time I kept seeing pictures of it. Like I remember this console hyping me up more than any other console at the time with how they looked and with the games. But mm -hmm. after that, you know, super monkey ball, I, I loved it. I thought it was such an interesting idea and it kind of got me into those kind of like fast paced kind of arcadey balancing games. And kind of looking through and still in that same year we had pikmin which this is actually what i want to talk about a little bit because i remember seeing pictures of that in a magazine and i was like i love the way this game looks but and this is going to come as a shock but i've never played pikmin any of them <laughs> they're, and, they're weird it's one of those like it's either you love them or you hate them and, I really don't feel like there's an in-between where it's like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> right? Like it's And that's what really scared me. Because yeah. I love the look of it and I didn't want to be disappointed like that. So I just never ended up getting it. But uh, last year I played Tiny Kin, which a lot of people uh said like this is basically like a modern version of it. And oh, I yeah. loved it. It was it was in my game of the year, like top five. And it's a lot faster, like, I will say that. Tiny yeah, is like very quick. So very modern version of Pikmin. And I think, should I try Pikmin? I know uh, 4, Pikmin 4 is, is coming out, out soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, you know what? Why don't I just try them? Like, I, I know I'm going to like it. And I love the look of it. That was another game that I was like, wow, these graphics are crazy. But uh, yeah. the graphics on the GameCube were very surprising. And like like the the difference between the PlayStation graphics and I would say the GameCube ones is that like GameCube and Nintendo, they knew their lane, right? Like everything was a little bit more cartoony, but that made it la like more timeless, I would say. Like whenever like with PlayStation, everything was trying to be very realistic and say they were pushing the boundaries of graphics, but everything was just very polygony, sharp edges, you know, that, that, that kind of aesthetic. And then you go to the GameCube and you start seeing like rounded edges and a little bit maybe like some shell shading going on, right? Like there's some like different looks that are here that are very fascinating that you wouldn't really, unless you dug for them, they weren't really like forward facing on the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. So it was it was really cool to have something different. And 
looking back at these titles, like if you look back at gameplay of like, for instance, Luigi's Mansion, it still looks great. Like it, it still holds up. A lot of these games still hold up visual wise, like Super Mario Sunshine. It still looks like a, a really good game. You know, like there's nothing wrong with that one at all. And it's it's kind of crazy to think whenever, you know, that came or those that's over 20 years ago now these games came out like that's crazy but they I mean, still look good yeah like you could look at luigi's mansion one and then look at three and be like obviously there's better fidelity but the core of it 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 looks pretty close you know to an mm-hmm. extent with what you're rocking like like you said 20 year difference it's bonkers to me yeah uh that same day that Pikmin came out, Melee came out, and like you, it, I I loved it. And for me, I kind of did the same thing with the original Smash. I would create little fake stories in my head. Mm. And this is what I loved about these games. This is almost any fighting game. Because the story, you know, in Smash, it's kind of whatever, it's basic it's just there but yeah, you just fight master hand that's it you know i would come up with stories in my head like oh like marth is secretly in love with peach so he needs to fight the evil mario like i would just come up with stupid little stories with the characters <laughs> and it just made me love it and i would play it constantly like i i loved melee i loved playing it with people like it was a game that surprised me because I, like I said, I enjoyed the 64 version, but there was something about this one that was such an evolution from that first game. It's insane. Like mm-hmm. everything about it was such a step up, like a leap up from the original that it's crazy how much they added to it. But, um, yeah, like I'm still looking at that same year, right? So it's it moving on to the new year, but still one year since the console came out. Um, another, this is kind of a dumb title, but uh, I weirdly have good memories of this. Simpsons Road Rage. Um, oh, that game's great. <laughs> it's a classic. I, well, not, uh, I Hit and Run was another one I liked too, which is more like the GTA one. But Road Rage, I love Crazy Taxi. Uh, on the Dreamcast, I played the crap out of that game constantly. So when there was it a was Simpsons good. version, hell yeah, I'm going to play it. And I love that there was so much stuff to unlock. Like, it was actually a good game. Like, it you wouldn't think it, but it was so much fun running over different Simpsons characters and seeing them ragdoll. Like I <laughs> I love that game. Like to this day I still think about like, man, it'd be kind of fun just to boot that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um Yeah, I mean the first year is just it's crazy. And I mean towards the end of it, you start getting like, what was the one I just saw? Uh yeah, burnout. I mean, Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube is fantastic. Yeah. That was Resident a lot of fun. Evil 4. It, it, there's so many on there. And actually, the there's a whole like genre of games that was phenomenal on the GameCube that are still great today. But the Mario sports games. Oh, yes. Toads to Tour, Strikers. I mean, come on. Mario Strikers, Strikers is badass. Strikers is amazing. That game is so rad. I freaking love Strikers. There, like, that's whenever all these. I mean, even the baseball one, right? Mario Superstar Baseball. That was a super fun game. They they made sports mm-hmm. fun. Like they found out found a way to actually do that, which I thought was pretty crazy and really cool. But there's so I don't know if you played this one, but I played the hell out of this game and I loved it. And actually, I just was watching some footage of it again today to see if it. Like if it holds up in my memory and it Uh-oh. actually looks better than how I imagined it would look today. Right. And this is Star Fox Adventures. Star Fox Adventures was oh, such a man. rad game. So cool. I loved it. And actually looking at the visuals now, it looks really, really good. 
And that game came out in 2002. Like, that's ridiculous. It, it oh my gosh, I love that it's title. Crazy to think that that game was actually in development years before that. Cause, uh, I think if I remember right, it was supposed to be an N64 title. Mm. But, uh, because that was around the time that Rare was getting bought out by Microsoft, they wanted to release that original game as a Star Fox game mm-hmm. and get it out right before you know they were done with Nintendo, and that's kind of what happened to it. And I remember always seeing that game at Best Buy back in the day, and I was like, I love Star Fox, but I don't know if I like this. Uh, never got to play it though, but it looked interesting is it like zelda kind of combat yeah it's an adventure game straight up like it's Mm. it's actually really really cool like there's a lot to it and i mean the setting is really weird uh star fox goes to like a dinosaur planet and has to help them it's it's weird and there's like some magic i don't remember it's been so long since i played there's like a magic wielding fox as well that's like the chick like the kind of love interesty kind of vibe to it but it, it's very interesting. And it, I mean, it looks fantastic still to this day. So I definitely would recommend checking it out or at least watching some gameplay footage of it. Because it was, it's, it was, I had a lot of fond memories of that. But, you know, also this was during the time whenever I would only get like one game every once in a while. Right. So it wasn't like I would, you know, you would just end up playing the hell out of what you got. I mean, that's, that's the era that we lived in. Right. Like you, you weren't getting a new game every week because they were yep. just coming out. We were getting them every six months to a year, right? So you you played what you got. And luckily, I mean, most of the the games on the GameCube were actually really enjoyable for a long time. And they were, oh, God, so amazing. Like, looking at this list, I mean, Soul Calibur 2 coming out. Oh, yeah, when you can play as Link. Oh, my God. That was so cool. I love that. I bought that one right away. I was like, yes, please. I want to play this. And it just, it was one of my favorite fighting games during that time. Obviously, Smash was always my go-to, but it was fun to boot up Soul Calibur and just, you know, have some fun with that one. And then another game that really, I mean, I I played it and I actually really enjoyed enjoyed it, but like, I'm not really huge into this genre, but um, Ikaruga, which actually Ooh, came out year of release for yes. the GameCube. That was a really cool game too. That was a lot of fun and visually really cool. And I don't know, like it, it made me appreciate that genre, that style. The and, game still holds up. I played it like a few months ago and I'm like, man, like it's just, it's so cool. It's such a cool idea. I, I love that game. Yeah. And then 2003, a couple of years into it, here comes Pokemon Coliseum. What? <laughs> Pokemon oh, Coliseum yeah. was awesome. That was such a good game. Uh, I love you know which playing one's that better? One. What's that? The XD, that, oh, that yeah. Gale one where it's like an actual 3D adventure. Like that was I remember a trip. I didn't know that. At first I thought it was just another Coliseum game. And then when I saw that you can actually travel in a 3D like world. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is the closest thing we've gotten to what what Pokemon is in my dreams. Like I was like, yeah. oh my god, it was it wasn't that bad of a game. Like it was for a spin-off Pokemon, like it was like, cool, yeah. honestly. Totally. I agree hundred percent. And actually, this was the first console uh or first time I ever actually played this uh this other game. But I just remade this game in Unity, um, actually, so that mm. I can teach it to the kids whenever we come back from our remodel. But um, Bomberman, uh, the mm. first time I played Bomberman was on mm. GameCube, and I really enjoyed it. It's a fun little game. But yeah, I, I have a lot of really fond memories of that, just kind of playing with some friends, goofing off, right? Playing a little bit. And uh, recreated uh, the idea of Bomberman. I mean, obviously, Bomberman Generations was... Uh, the 3D kind of trippy weird one, which I didn't yeah. do that. I did a classic Bomberman for the Unity um, remake, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it was I that's the first time I got introduced to the concept of Bomberman and just really enjoyed it. Huh. That was a lot. I always enjoyed the Bomberman games. They're always kind of fun with a group of people. Yeah, it's like a perfect little party game and it's a quick one, too. So those those are awesome. 
And then oh, one yeah. of my favorite RPGs ever, Tales of Symphony. Ever. Tales really? of Symphony. I really, really love Tales of Symphony. I, I think it was one of the, uh, I mean, it's one of the first ones or one of the very early RPGs that I really got into and made mm. me really appreciate the story. I loved the artwork where I bought the strategy guide just so I can have the character art and look at that and just draw it over and over again. Like, I love that style so much. It, it was it was a lot of cool. My sketchbooks were filled with Tales of Symphonia characters because I was just redrawing them over and over again. Yeah. That game was really cool. I um I remember being hungry for an RPG and that one stood out to me because I always remember hearing about the Tales games, but before this title, they were kind of like at least in the West they were more like sleeper hits, you know, mm-hmm. like Fantasia, of course, you know, that wasn't out here, but the ones on like, um, PlayStation, like, yeah, they existed, but they were never really talked about. So when this one came out, it was just cool. Like the combat was interesting. It was different. And I liked it. And I feel like I played it a few years ago again to see if it still holds up. And I still enjoyed it. You know, it's, mm-hmm definitely up there for a tales game that i still enjoy uh well the remaster looks great so if anybody wants to try that one out they just did a remaster of it not too long ago definitely check and they added the second part to it because i know Mm. there was that little add-on yeah uh for it and i remember that being kind of interesting as well yeah i find the story rather interesting too It, it was just good it was it was a good tale and i mean it was the this was actually the first tales game i ever played with symphony mm. so that i think that just added that whole like introducing me to this style of game and just really enjoying it so i uh, one. i remember getting really into sonic adventure dx on this uh i was big into sonic adventure on the dreamcast and when i found out that they made it look better and added some stuff to it mm. i lost my mind i like the Sonic Adventure games. I know I'm crazy for that. But it was <laughs> no, damn cool. Like, really I love the, the cow, chow gardens and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think. Well, there was one other, uh, not a port, but. I think Sonic Adventure um, was the last Sonic game I actually really, like, played, played. Like, all the way through. Yeah, I I feel like I'm on the same with you. Like I tried playing Sonic Mania uh, a few years ago, and it was cool, but I just I don't know if I can really do Sonic anymore. Like Sonic Adventure One and Two, I enjoyed them, and I don't know if I can. I want to play Sonic Frontiers. Like I'm curious to try it, but I don't I know. Pay that money for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. As someone who was more Mario focused than Sonic growing up, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. I feel like I don't have a strong connection to it that a lot of people do. But, uh, you know, a game was awesome F Zero. Oh, yeah. That was great. It, dude, how fast that game was on there. Oh, man. And to think that's the last F Zero title that yeah. we've had since is. A bummer because it, it's funny. A lot of people don't know, uh, like who Captain Falcon is. Yeah. In in Smash Brothers, I actually get a lot of time. That's the one character in Smash Brothers that most kids ask, like, who is this guy? I'm like, yeah, F Zero. It's a racing game. And then I, I always throw out the Power of Jesus thing. Did you hear about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the creator of uh, Captain Falcon and F Zero games, I forgot his name. But he uh, went out there in an interview and said that um, Captain Falcon gets his power from his devotion to Jesus Christ. So <laughs> that's, that's where he gets his strength and his abilities. It's from his devotion to Jesus Christ. So <laughs> there's always that. So now we know that uh, Jesus exists and they uh, 
in the in, Nintendo in, world. In the Nintendo like metaverse, yeah. Jesus exists. It's a real God for them. And uh if you want to be toad. If you want to become a good racer, uh, then you need to uh, b- strongly believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the game was so damn cool. I feel like, uh, what was it? I don't, sometimes I wonder like how an F-Zero would be nowadays. Because Nintendo really has put all their attention into Mario Kart. Yeah, they don't do just, like, basic racing games anymore. Yeah, like, that new cruising game was a Switch exclusive, and I was thinking, like... And I remember the cruising games being, like, a Nintendo, Mm -hmm. like, I think, second-party title. So I was thinking, is this their, like, fast-paced racer? Because it's weird that we haven't seen an F-Zero, and I know... Racers are not really the biggest thing, especially compared to Mario Kart. So I'm like thinking it'd be cool, but I'm just wondering what they would add. I, I have a feeling they would Mario Kart it and they would have abilities and things like that. Yeah, you, even though a fast paced race is cool, I don't know if people really want that anymore. Like I remember uh, when Wipeout had their HD thing on the PlayStation. Oh, man, and that was amazing. I love that. Yeah, game. but it just didn't take off anymore because it's, you know, it's product of its time, which mm-hmm. sucks, but at least make the older F-Zeros available in an easier way. So or if people maybe wanted to do Maybe just HD code, remaster so. of the F-Zero for GameCube. Just re-release that. Yeah. That'd be fun. I mean, just so people can know, right? Like, Captain Falcon's actually a very pivotal character in Smash Brothers. It's been around the entire time and actually a really good character in Smash Brothers. A lot of competitive players play as them. So it would make sense to just at least give the remaster or something, right? So they keep that franchise alive a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer. And I mean, you can say that about a lot of... Uh... Nintendo games mm-hmm. is that they just kind of shove off some, but then they're happy to shove a bunch of like ports to the Switch. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because really, when you look back at the GameCube, and I know, I think I said this in a prior episode before, I feel like this was the last time Nintendo really took a lot of risks when it came to games they release uh themselves Mm -hmm. like first party or second party stuff like that because this is when we saw like you said all the sports titles Mm -hmm. uh, which you know half of them still exist or a good chunk of them uh i would say luigi mansion was a pretty big risk that's a very different kind of game it's very different i mean um the one which sadly isn't around anymore but scared the hell out of me as a kid internal darkness Mm, yeah was fascinating with the sanity system like how it actually like turns your screen off how it has like roaches run across your screen like the game was so damn innovative at the time which i've kind of looked back into and i feel like it hasn't really aged all too well uh with the way it plays like controls and stuff but yeah it was such a cool game, and for Nintendo to drop an M-rated game like that, like, it's bonkers. But- they do it, like, every once in a while, and it's always so surprising to see, like, what title they decide to put out that's their M-rated one for that time, right? Yeah. Like, and- with the Wii, it was Mad World, remember that weird game? Oh, like the- yeah. But that was, like, such a that. big deal that when it came out, and it's just because there was black and white with a lot of real like red blood right it's just to make it a little bit more mm-hmm. graphic but yeah eternal darkness was a very trippy game i don't know how well i like i don't think it would hold up too well nowadays but i think if people kind of cleaned it up i think it would do well but i mm-hmm. feel like the whole charm of it was the way it really messed with you with the sanity system mm-hmm. and i don't know i'd be curious to see how that would work nowadays but yeah it's like it's crazy when you look back at the gamecube because i mean think about the wii like the wii 
experimented, but it mostly was just in conjunction with the controller. Like mm-hmm. they didn't right. try too many crazy IPs. Like they just kind of stuck with what they had, maybe added one or two things, but they didn't they didn't break the mold. They didn't really come up with new mm-hmm. characters, new new stuff. Uh, which is a bummer because I feel like it's kind of been like that ever since. Like I feel like now at the Switch they're kind of doing it, but I feel like they're still in that let's play it safe mode kind of thing. Yeah. And a game that really meant a lot to me back then in in a lot of ways. And I remember seeing this game uh, like early images, I think, for the N64 in Japan was Animal Crossing. Yeah, the original Animal Crossing, right? It That game blew my mind as a kid in a way that I I remember reading about it in a magazine. I think it was EGM. And when they were talking about how the clock works and seasons and how you can live in it, it felt like the dream game for me. Uh, I love those kind of games. I was going to talk about this other game first, but I'll talk about it after. But Harvest Moon's always been a very big franchise to me, especially at that point. So when there's a game where it feels more like a sim where you're like, oh, this is you're living in it like you can be friend villagers, you can do all this like my imagination blew up. I was like, oh, I can befriend everybody. I can live there, do all this kind of stuff. And while it didn't disappoint, I I loved it. I played so much of it and it was so unique and different. It. It's crazy to think back like, wow, that game was really mind blowing to me as a kid. And it, you know, new the later iterations of Animal Crossing have always been kind of interesting. You know, New Leaf was fascinating and New Horizons or whatever the last one was like, it was cool. It's kind of a bummer that they really just dropped off of it. Mm -hmm. Like there's really been nothing new and it's sad because i feel like this is the perfect game to just like dump new stuff on but yeah i just remember being so blown away by the concept and i mean how it took a whole memory card just for that game was always crazy to me too but you know it's it's interesting how the gamecube really did feel like an evolution uh, compared to other consoles at the time. Yeah, totally agree. There's gosh, there's so many on, left on this like list here looking at it right now. And one game that I played a lot of, and this was a little bit later in the, you know, the life of the GameCube itself, but Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Oh, yeah. That game was fantastic. And I remember I actually played that game all the way through, start to finish. Never turned it off, never saved it, just kept going. <laughs> Which oh, that was the game you told me mm-hmm. that you did that, huh? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I still like to beat it. Which is just insane and just kind of ridiculous. I, my family still brings it up to this day. I, I just I sat there and <laughs> did not stop playing it until the bitter end of everything. Which is just, yeah. It's, it's too much, honestly. <laughs> but I would say probably the most impactful game that... I remember from the GameCube, besides Melee, of course. I mean, Sunshine was great and everything, but the one, and we've talked about it a lot, so we don't have to go into it in too, in too much nauseam. And we, talk, um, we talked about it recently, too, but Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. I, I think that really changed everything when it came to Zelda for me. And the just seeing the art style alone, the cell shading and how it changed just the look, and it... Yeah, this game was fantastic. The exploration was great. I mean, of course, now looking back at it and seeing how, I mean, the world was pretty empty, right? There wasn't that much. You can like It was a lot of sailing to islands that were very spread out. They could have condensed that down just a little bit. But the sailing was fun, and especially for that time. And it just is, it was a great title. A lot of great memories, a lot of great time just exploring and finding treasure maps and just seeing what was out there in the open seas. And it was one of the first Zelda games that allowed you to just explore freely like that, which was pretty fascinating. 
And it, it really encouraged the, that exploration of just go in this direction and see what happens. What are you going to find? Right? They had like the little mini challenges out there with the um, like the dice islands. Right. Like there was. Oh, yeah. And all that, which are really cool. The, uh, finding the fairy islands. Just there was so much out there to just explore and figure out. But it, it was such a great title. And one of my favorite ones on the GameCube for sure. Yeah, Wind Waker, it, I think I was in that group of people, and I, I think I mentioned in the last episode that I was kind of bummed that it was more cartoonish at first, but then it grew on me mm-hmm. to the point where when Twilight Princess came out, I almost was uninterested in it because it felt too realistic, which is what I originally wanted yeah. uh, from Wind Waker. Yeah, which is and yeah. Wind Waker is special to me, definitely, because it... It was just a comforting experience. If a Zelda game can be comforting, it was that game. Mm -hmm. And it's a game I still hold very close to my heart because I don't really know what was going on in my life at the time. I was pretty young, but I just have very, very fond memories of it. And it's... Interesting how when Twilight Princess came out, granted it was like at the end of the GameCube's life. I think I was already on the 360 at that point. It was 2006. Yeah, but, and uh, that came out on both the Wii and the GameCube. But that was like one of the last titles. Yeah, and I, I had it on the GameCube. And I remember being like, oh man, it looks better on the Wii. Like, mm-hmm. this sucks. But I remember playing a little bit of it and I... I kind of liked it, but at the same time, it just, it didn't capture me like Wind Waker. And at times I'm like, should I go back and play Twilight Princess? Like, I love the look of it now, but uh, yeah, it's kind of weird how I just kind of fell off the Zelda franchise after that. Like, yeah, I I really do want to go back to Twilight. And it's funny because I had the Wii at the time and I got it for the Wii because of, like you said, it looks better. So I was looking for the better experience. And then while I was playing it, I was like, oh, man, I wish I had the controls of the GameCube. <laughs> like, I don't want to play it like this. I, I didn't like the nunchucks. They kept, like, you know, failing. And this was early in the days of the Wii, where I remember playing Metroid Prime on the Wii, actually. And um, if you, wherever you started the game, you can't move. Like, every time I would, like, move on the couch or whatever, or, like, you know, adjust, mm. like, two feet over the sensitivity it was off so like that happened constantly with these games early on especially if they had any kind of aiming system at all so I, that was just really frustrating to deal with and until they came out with like the Wii motion plus add-on on the but that's a whole nother ridiculous conversation with their controllers oh, yeah that little thing yeah i hate those Wii remotes because i feel like they just die out of nowhere like i have mm-hmm. i think i, I have so six in my closet Mm-hmm. And only two work nowadays. Yeah. I'm just like, what? What happened? Like, why are they so crappy? But, yeah, uh, they were just a road on you. It was bad. It's interesting how Twilight Princess hasn't been re-released, but or uh, Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. When we're starting to see more GameCube games being re-released, right? Like uh, Metroid Prime mm-hmm. recently, which I still need to finish. I'm I'm very close, I think, to the end. I mean, Resident Evil 4 just got remastered, yeah. That too, and uh, it it wasn't remastered, I think, but it was ported, but Mario Sunshine, Mm -hmm. uh, which that was something I want to bring up, because I remember seeing images of that game, and I was like, oh my god, this is another beautiful game, like Luigi's Mansion, and I was super hyped to play it. Mm -hmm. I remember going to Blockbuster, every time I went, always gone. And I just ended up never playing Mario Sunshine. I have it now for the Switch, but mm. I'm like, part of me wants to play it, but then when I read what people say, a lot of people are like, eh, just play Galaxy instead. But it's great. Sunshine's a great game. I recommend playing it. It's Yeah, fun. I want to live up, yeah, I want to live up to like what my childhood always wanted to play. Like yeah. I, I remember being super, super soaked on like, it but Gal- uh <laughs> <laughs> galaxy is a lot of fun i will say it's a great game but 
Sunshine had its charm too. I mean, they're two very different games, I would say. So I would definitely recommend playing Sunshine. Yeah. You're just going to have fun with it. It's super lighthearted. I mean, it's Bowser Jr. all day, right? Which is great. There's like graffiti everywhere. It was like the the teenage version of Mario at the time. Ooh. I, uh... Kind of going back on what I said about the weird titles on the GameCube. And, I mean, the Harvest Moon wasn't weird, but I loved where that was going. But there was two that really stuck out to me that were just weird. Uh, Cubivore. I remember a friend of mine dropping that title off. Uh, my he, he, like, wanted to trade my Rogue Squadron for that. He said he hated Cubivore. Kind of wish I kept it because that thing is worth a lot of money nowadays. But... I thought it was so damn cool because basically it's a, you know, survival of the fittest, right? You're trying to eat other creatures to get better and stronger. And I don't know, like it was just so damn cool. It's such a, I love those kind of games, like trying to get bigger in size through like overtaking others. Like it's, it's like Katamari uh, style. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, if there's one title, that I've been wanting to play for the past few years again. And I think it's a crime that it's nowhere. Odama. Oh, I forgot about that one. I hate bringing this up because a lot of people will be like, oh, you mean Okami? Which, you know, Okami's great too, which I think was on the GameCube as well, if I remember right. Or at least it was in that era. So it was around that time. But um, Odama... For those out there that don't know, it's a pinball RTS. Basically, yeah, that was a weird it's, one. Yeah, it's feudal Japan, and it's you know there's armies on there, there's soldiers, but you're playing a pinball map while you're doing it, and it it was so weird. Like I remember seeing the cover of it, and I think this came out towards the end of the GameCube as well. And it was in a bargain bin or, you know, as bargains can be, it was like, I don't know, it was probably like still 20 bucks, but I was like, this looks kind of cool. I love pinball. I'll give it a shot. And I ended up loving it. Like I, I want to replay it right now because it was just so damn cool. If you introduce a pinball mechanic in any game, I'm going for it. Like any of these new titles that do it, I, 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 adore it and i feel like this game like i feel like people have tried to do modern versions like rollers of the realm but no one's been able to capture uh the artistry of odama well but, i mean it looked like an actual watercolor painting i think that was it was pretty fascinating about it and it was so bizarre <laughs> it was a really strange title and like I said, this was the age for taking risks on the GameCube, uh, a thousand percent. And that's definitely a huge, pretty big risk, you know, like, I mean, pinball games have been around forever. I mean, pinball has been around since the beginning. It's in, at one point, it was even outlawed by the government, which is pretty crazy and ridiculous. But the, I don't know, this was such a different take on pinball. And I like seeing like these classic games being revisited and revamped. Uh, like that, the game that you just sent recently to me too, the Tetris game. What was it called again? Sediment? Or, um, oh, yeah. Tetris. Uh, like, that's such a cool concept. And it's just a different take on a classic title. And I mean, this is such a different way of looking at pinball and what you can do with it. And actually using, I mean, obviously it still had like the flappers and you can still like tilt the map, you know, like you would tilt the machines and everything built into that. But then it also had like, I mean, the... The map, the hills, the terrain, uh, like and soldiers out there that would actually react if you hit them with the ball. And there it was a lot of cool stuff to it. And the the like overall gameplay itself was very surprising, I would say, because it was still a war game, right? Like there was a task that had to be done. Uh, it was what like get the yoga troops had to get a key to a lock, right? Most of the time or something like that. Um, and they were being attacked by other troops so you had to like take them out before your troops got taken out you know like but you were helping mm -hmm. by launching this giant boulder around it was very 
Very strange idea, but very clever and just different. All right, well, we've discussed so many. We actually went through a lot of games this time. And <laughs> I was thinking about it last time when we did the N64 episode of, you know, going through the list of games at the end, you know, once again, just to kind of say which ones we talked talked about because we discussed a lot there too. But the list is a little too <laughs> long this time in my opinion. <laughs> There's so many. Oh, yeah. It is a lot. It, honestly, like really... What's great about the GameCube is I feel like you can pick up any title and have a fun time with it. They found a really good formula with the GameCube when it came to visuals, when it came to gameplay, uh, that just worked for most of the games. I mean, of course, there's probably a couple games on there that weren't super great, but if you buy a Nintendo game and it's, you know, Nintendo branded and all that, like if you're buying a Mario game or you're picking up Melee or whatever it may be, you know that you're going to have a fun time with it. And what's great is a lot of the franchises like either found their legs or got started here, uh, which were some ones that are just classics to this day, where people like a lot of kids that I talked to were still bringing up games like uh, Paper Mario A Thousand Year Door, which I think is amazing because they were nowhere near alive at that time. It's kind of weird, but it's still being talked about today which is amazing and a lot of the games the console itself is i mean come on the color that they chose it would talk about gambles and games they gambled on the color as well they went with purple but not just any kind of purple they made sure that it was royal purple because nintendo wanted everyone to know nintendo is king and while the gamecube didn't sell as many units as you know other consoles out there the games that they put out there were quality and they have lasted. They really have stood the test of time, to be honest. And they're games that still hold near and dear to our hearts today. So yeah. definitely go out there and check out some GameCube games if you haven't. Uh, a lot of them are coming to the Switch, which is great. The fact that they're revamping all that. But then, you know, if there's ones out there that you can't pick up or play, just watch the footage of it because you'd be quite surprised at how they look. A lot of them still look fantastic. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation here. We'll talk to you guys next week with some more games. But until then, bye for now.